Okay, so today's stuff is Chapter 10. And where do we pick up? We pick up at the Mishnah. So we're a bit ahead, thanks to our excellent Magid here yesterday. Okay, so let's take a look. Okay, Omer. So we're still over there with our hens and roosters in our chicken coop. So uh, yesterday the whole issue was about moving the ladder from one to the next. And now let's take a look about designating, because as you might remember... The discussion at the beginning of the Gemara was whether the chicken was set aside for laying eggs or the rooster, or whether it was set aside for um, for uh, eating. So here, this mission is going to get to the point about most of the uh, chickens in your chicken coop are ones that you probably would not plan on shechting. The assumption of this Mishnah is that rather than, you know, because what never was discussed in the first uh, discussion in the Gemara is, let's say you didn't set it aside for either. Like, what do we assume it's generally there for? What would be its default assumption? And this Mishnah basically assumes that the default assumption is you're not, a, you're, you're not presumed to say, like, oh, I can, I'll, ran, you know, I'll regularly take from my chickens and shecht them. Generally, you wouldn't be shechting your chickens on a regular basis. So therefore, actually, your default position is muhtza, something you would not be assuming you would actually take a chicken and shecht it on yantav. So if you want to make a chicken not muhtza, you have to designate it before, min, before yantav, or designate that you might that these are a group of chickens from which you'll be taking, you'll be taking specific ones, and that's the issue that our Mishnah turns to. So let's take a look, okay? So Vechamai Omi, Vechamai says, Lo yito elem kein nianami ba'odio. Do not um, take, you cannot take from a chicken um, unless you have moved it the day before. You've like picked it up and moved it and said, I'm going to use this one tomorrow. Beitila says you can do it by standing off at a distance. You don't have to pick it up and you can just point and designate this is the one I'm going to use. But again, the point I'm making is you do have to designate. It's not assumed that by default these things are not mukta. By default you would not be using them. Okay, Amar Rav Chanan says Rav Chanan Rambar Ami. Machlokes bebrecha rishona. The debate is by the first brecha. Uh, What's I'm trying to think of the English word for brecha? It's like a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's each unit that, uh, that's lay, uh, that's uh, hatched by the uh, hen. Rashi actually says that they normally hatch two at a time and a male and a female. I don't know that because I thought I thought they laid one egg at a time. Brood, that's the word. But again, anyway, so there's so the first brood. Apparently, what they would do would be is that they would tend to um, not that the first brood that was uh, hatched would they would not usually take it and use it to shech. They would use it to stick, stay with the mother um, to help. I don't know her maternal instincts or something. So that would be a that would be the the chickens you generally would not take. The big shamay savri, and in that case, you have to designate them if you want to take them and make them not muktzah. And Beitzalmi says, if you don't go ahead and pick them up, then we're afraid that when you come to be yantiv and you come to take it, you'll change your mind because these are things that by default you would much generally want to keep alive. Beitzalmi says, as long as you verbally designate it, we're not afraid you'll change your mind. That's by this first brood. But by the second brood and onward, where it's a pretty regular thing to be taking them and shechting them when you need it. Now, not that they're not fundamentally not muktza. Again, a normal chickens on a normal basis you wouldn't take. But at least those, it's reasonable to be using them for that. And therefore, the verbal designation is enough. We're not afraid you will change your mind. So again, the default is everything is muktza. Generally, you know, you can't... These, normally, you wouldn't just stomp, take a chicken and shecht it. Um, however, um, the issue about needing to pick it up is only by the first brood where you might change your mind. The second one, it's... You, it's a reasonable thing to be doing and you are not afraid you'll change your mind. That's his approach. Okay. Um, so the Gemara says like this. Now the Gemara says, okay, so we get that Beishamai wants you to pick it up, handle it, make sure that you're comfortable with your decision, you won't change your mind. But Beishamai that says verbal designation is enough, why does it have to be so specific? Why does it have to be this particular one I'll take? 
Lema mikanani do telemachar. Why don't you, can't you be more general? Why can't you just say, I'm going to take from some, one of the chickens or some of the chickens in this, in this, in this roost, in this, um, you know, in this coop, right? Because that gives you a lot more latitude, right? Why do you have to designate exactly this one? Just say, I'm going to take a chicken from here tomorrow, okay? Which is a reasonable question. The, the mission makes it sound like you have to be very specific. Now, the Chitema Beitil Leislu Breira. Maybe the reason is that Beitil does not hold of Breira. Right? What's Breira? Breira is that you're not specific now. Um, later, you, it becomes more specified um, what it was that you were, like, you know, which, one, which thing you want. And then we say retroactively, it's like you had always indicated that one. So, meaning that would be the idea. If I say, I'm going to take from here tomorrow one of these things. Um, you know, it's still not clear which one. You're going to wait till tomorrow to retroactively figure out which is the one that you were planning on taking. Okay, so maybe they don't hold of, retro- of, of, of it becoming meaningful retroactively or designated retroactively. Okay, now, again, it's a little bit interesting that you need the idea of Brayra because you could have said, like, even if I'm only going to use one, I'm making all of them not muksa. Right? Like, I, you know, the fact that I'm planning on possibly using any of them means that I am setting all of them aside for possible use. Right? It doesn't, you get the point? Even if it meet, winds up that you only used one of the ten, no, they were all not muksa because you basically, before Yantav said, I might want to use this and therefore I'm setting it aside for possible use. But the Gemara is somehow saying that if you're just saying Mikananin Hotel, the way it would be allowed to be general and then pick one later is that the one you picked later would be winding up to be retroactively the one you had always intended. And that's the one that's not Muxa. And the one you didn't wind up using, even though you had said, I'll take from among these, would still be Muxa. Okay, so it's funny why the Gemara has to assume that way, why you can't have the idea of designating it for possible use. But that's sort of what the Gemara is assuming. And therefore, maybe that won't work because maybe you won't be able to retroactively say you meant a particular one. And if you remained, your statement remained general, then it would be a problem. So well, it looks at a specific thing, though, item by item. In other words, specific Yeah, but isn't it enough to say that I, among, I'm not, I am, a spe- look, whether you have to proactively say I'm mechin it, or whether you have to say that that's only things I'm pushing away from me, either way you could say I am setting aside this group of ten chickens to pick from among them. For possible, this group, no, I don't care, call it ten entities. This chicken I might use tomorrow, I, I want to have it ready for possible use. This chicken I might use tomorrow, I want to have it ready for possible use. Even if I'm going to not wind up using it, it shouldn't be muksa because I want it to be available for potential use. It's sort of like thinking about before about suffake. Who the heck cares about suffake if the reality is is that you want to lemaisa use it or you want to have the possibility of using it. But for some reason, this Gemara is assuming that if you need to hold a Brera, so the only way you can be non-specific and make something not muktza or make something mukhan is if later when you specify it, we say, well, that's always the one that you had in, that you had meant initially that you were going to use. It's sort of like this idea before of this issue of vadai versus suffolk, which is funny because why can't the possibility be enough? But that's the Gemara's assumption. Okay, the chiyutayma beisila leislu brera. Now you'll say beisil doesn't hold the brera. Okay, maybe that that won't work to say retroactive, and therefore you have to be specific. That's not true. I'll show you they hold a brayra. The Hatsanan, we're talking the Mishnah. Um, this is a mission Olos. Hamez divided. There's a dead body in the house. And there are a lot of doors in the house. Now the halacha is, there's a principle called Sof Tumalat In the end, where will the Tuma go out of? Right? Because you all know the halacha. Here's your house. <laughs> Here's your dead body. Okay? So you all know the, you, I don't know what that is. Okay, that looks like a sentence. Anyway, you all know the halacha that, okay, here's your dead body. You all know the halacha that the tuma hits the roof and goes to everything under the roof, right? Now, there's another halacha as well, which is that if there's a lot of doors to this house, you know, I get my, what happens to these heads? Anyway, okay, there's a door here, and, you know, there's a door here, there's a lot of doors. Now, once you open a door, well, okay, the tumor goes out, but nothing happens because there's no roof. But let's say there's an overhang around the whole house, okay? So if you actually open a door, right, the tumor will go out, it'll, as it were, hit the roof and spread to everything under the roof, okay? 
Now, let's say there are, well, this way actually is spread under because they're the same overhang, but let's say they're distinct overhangs. Okay? So, what happens if, now that's once you open the door, but there's a halacha called sof tumalatzes. And the halacha of sof tumalatzes, where the tumor will eventually go out of, means even while the door is closed, if this is the door you're going to be taking the dead body out of, it's like it's already open. So even before opening it, once you under designate or can figure out which is the door that's going to be taken out of, it's like it's already open. And if somebody is standing here, even if the door is closed, it's like it's open. And if there's an overhang, that person becomes tame. Okay, that's called sof tumalatate. In the end, where the tumor will go out of. So let's take a look. There's a corpse in the house. There are a lot of doors in the house. And again, there's like overhangs over each door. Um, so since you might take it, they're all closed doors, but since you might take the tumor out, the, the body out of any door, they're all considered potential sof tumalatzeit. And therefore, underneath the overhang over the door, it's all tame. It's like all of them, because it might be any one of them, it's like it's all of them. Niftach uh, echad mehem. Now, one of the doors is open and the rest remain closed. Hu tahorim. Then that one, now that it's open, that becomes the one that's presumed to be the one that the body will go out of. And the other ones are presumed to not be the one. So the other ones under, you know, the overhang by the, by the other doors is pahor. It's only the one that's open. That becomes identified as the one it will go out of, which saves the other doors. Now, let's say they're all closed. But You just planned in your mind. You didn't open a door. You just thought in your mind, oh, I'm going to take it out of the front door. Oh, or you said, I'll take it out of the window. Okay, which is a funny thing, but okay. I'll take it out of the window. Now, if the window has a minimum of four tzvachim by four tzvachim, that's considered a big enough size to be considered a size that can be a petach for removing the mate. So all the doors are closed, but you just indicate or think that you'll take it out of one of them. So in that case, the one that you've planned to take it out of is considered to be the one, and therefore the tumor goes out of that door even if the door is closed. But the other doors are saved because they're not the ones that it's going to be taken out of. Okay? Straightforward enough. Now, niftach echad mehem, let's say one of them opened. Okay? It's not that it was already open. It opened after, you know, it started off they were closed and one of them just opened up. I don't know. The door like swung open. So, who tamein kulat tahorim? Did I just read? I reread myself. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I reread that. Okay. Matel kom tumut kulam. Beit Shammai yomim. Beit Shammai says, "Vehu shechishav vahutziyahu atelo yamu tamet." When is it that planning to take it out of one door saves the other doors? If you planned before the person died, okay? Because then we could say that is identified as the door, and the other doors don't get that uh, patent that designation. Even after the person has died. So the question is, okay, this guy died. All the doors were all the doors were considered oh there it's working a little bit. All the doors were considered potential so to my let's say doors. Okay? And therefore the overhang under any of the doors was Tame. Okay, that was the story after the guy died. Now, you went ahead and, so this is Beit Shilev. Like Shammai says, if you picked one door before the guy died, then when the guy died, that's the door we focus on. But Beit Shilev says, I would say even after the guy died. So what happened after the guy died? He first died, under, outside of each door with its overhang is Tamei, because any door might be the one. Then you said, I'm going to take him out of this door. So then, so then Beit Shilev says, oh, now these doors are okay. So here's the question. Are these doors okay going forward? Or these goes okay even retroactively because now once you've picked one we say even from the moment he died this will be identified as the door and the others are saved. So we're first reading this that Beethoven is saying retroactive. Even if you pick the door after he dies then it, it says that it says that is always the door that was defined as the door that he would exit. The others are not and the others never were a problem. Once one door was picked the others become retroactively always okay. And that's the principle of prayer, right? Yes. So if it's retroactive, someone could be standing outside the closed door under the overhang. Assume he's Tame, and, and then after tame. you pick one, and then he then leaves. Becomes, right. And he doesn't even know that Yeah, you'd have to find him and tell him. Exactly. You'd have to find him and tell him. Tell him. Yeah, okay. So the Gemara says like this. So you think that shows you that Beitillo says that, ret- that you hold a Brera, that retroactively the other doors are okay. But one minute, it was said on this, We're only saying this to say that the other doors 
are okay going forward, not retroactively. But Dil would not say retroactively the other doors are okay. So only going forward. in from now forward, yes. The Mafreya, no, not retroactively. Okay? So according to this, Beitilo does not hold of Breira, which is pretty amazing because, you know, there's major debates of Tanaim about Breira, and here we're saying that Beitilo doesn't hold of it, so I don't know how another Tano could, but okay, Beitilo doesn't hold of Breira. So one explanation is, so again, what's our question? Why do you have to say, this is the chicken I'm going to take? Why can't you say, I'll take from, some, from one of these? So the first answer is, well, maybe Beitilo doesn't hold of Breira. And therefore, it's not good enough to be not specific. Even when you pick it later, it, well, we won't, can't say that retroactively that was the one designated. And this is working with an assumption that to make it not muktza, it has to be specifically designated. So you can't be generic and pick it later because Beitila won't hold a Breira and it won't make it retroactively as though it specifically had been designated. That's answer number one. Rava Amma, Rava says, you know what? Beitilo could say that the other doors are saved retroactively, that he does hold of Breira. The Hacha Hainataima and the um, Dilma. Um, um, so, that is, so, so, number, so that's what he says. He, he would say retroactively. So then why is it that you have to say specifically which chicken? Why can't you generically say one of these chickens and then retroactively will know which one you designated? Hacha Hainataima, here's the reason here. Because who says you're going to be happy with the first one that you pick? You say, you say I'm going to pick one of these chickens. Tomorrow you go in and you pick a chicken and you say, oh, I'll take this one. Nah, this one's a little scrawny. And you put it down. Then you take a little, nah, this one's got an injured leg or whatever. Then you take the third one. Now you're happy. So what do we say? So again, assuming that you have to be designated, that, that it has to be specific which one you designated. So that third one, we now say, oh, that's the one you picked. That's the one that always was not Muktzah. So what was the story with numbers one and two? They weren't the ones you picked. So they were Muktzah. And, and you were handling Muktzah. So the reason you can't do it is, again, assuming, all of this assumes for whatever reason, that it's not enough to sort of be not non-specific. To say, from among these, why isn't that enough to set the whole group aside? Because maybe I'll take from them. But no, it assumes you have to be specific about which one you're going to use. And only that is the not muktzah one. So that's why, even if they hold a braver, they won't allow it. Because you might not be happy with the first one. And then retroactively, and then even the, when you finally get to the one that's not muktzah, you'll have handled ones that will turn out to have been muktzah because they won't be the ones you'll have picked. Every time he picks up one, then he picks up two, then he picks up three. Yeah. Braver kicks in each time? Yeah, but n- no. He only, Braver only, picks, only kicks in when it's the one that he winds up using. That's the one he had designated. The one that, meaning he didn't say, I'm going to use the one that I, the first one that I picked will be the one I'm not making Muktzah. You know, now if you say, why doesn't he just say any one I might pick? Well, that's back to, back to my question. Why do we have to be specific? But the Gemara is assuming you have to be specific. Okay. Um... Marta says Gemara So the Gemara says one minute. I don't get it. If you're saying that Beitil says you'll stand at a distance and designate, that means that the person presumably is not so finicky and is not you know if he's going to be able to stand at a distance, I'm going to take this one and that one. It means that the person you know is able you know doesn't have to inspect it before deciding which one he's going to use. Here's a scenario where he'll decide which one he'll use just by visual. So if that's true, why are we afraid that when he picks it tomorrow, he'll be finicky and he'll be, you know, and he'll reject one. He's satisfied by a visual inspection to determine which one he's going to use. So he says, no, 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 you don't understand the dynamics here, says the Gemara. Hani Neely, that's true, may Erev Yantiv. If, we, if you pick it on Erev Yantiv and we force you to designate it, what's going to happen? Meaning... If we basically, Rashi sort of fleshes this out. Rashi says like this. If we say, you know, yes, you'll think you know which one, but will you be happy with your decision or not isn't necessarily true. But if we say the following, you have to visually, you have to identify it. And once you identify it, only that one is muktzah. The other, only that one is not muktzah. The other ones are muktzah. So what's going to happen? You'll identify it on Erev Yantiv. You'll come on Yantiv. You'll pick it. Whether you're happy with it or not, it doesn't matter. Why? You're stuck with it. That's the only one that's not muktzah. So we're not saying that you won't get, you know, you won't change your mind. You might change your mind, but if we mandate that you pick it and that you're stuck with it, so you're stuck with it. So you can do it visually. But if we say we're going to allow you to decide tomorrow and not pick it today, 
then you might, when you actually handle it, choose to change your mind. So saying, we're not saying that when you pick an Arab Yaksev, you won't want to change your mind on Yaksev. You might want to, but you won't have a choice. So there we can say verbal designation is, is enough, but we can't wait for you to pick it till tomorrow, because then you might actually wind up changing your mind. Of a beyond of usher, to wait till tomorrow and to not designate it from beforehand, that's forbidden. Sometimes the one that looked fat turn out to be skinny. The kuchushim shmeinim and the ones that look skinny turn out to be fat. The kamatal and you'll wind up handling things that retroactively will be mukta. So the bottom line is that yes, we are afraid that once you handle it, you will change your mind. So why don't we demand that you handle it arrogantive when you're making your choice? Because once you made your choice, you're stuck. So you're not able to change your mind. But we won't wait for you. We won't allow you to make your choice only on Yantav itself. Here's another scenario. You'll, none of them will meet your... Will, 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 all of them will appear to be skinny. None of them will meet your standards. The Shaviklu, and you'll abandon all of them. And therefore, if you don't wait till, tomorrow, till, till Yantav to pick it, you'll come in tomorrow... You'll look at every single one, you'll reject every single one, and you won't have a chicken for Yantif. But if you designate an error of Yantif, even if when you get there, it's skinny, you know, you've already committed to your choice. You've already said, I'm going to use this tomorrow. So even then when you come in and it's not as great as you had thought it would be, and psychologically you've already committed, this is the chicken that we're cooking tomorrow and you'll wind up using it. So that's why you do it beforehand, because you do it beforehand, you're committed to your choice, you'll go through with it, you won't choose another one, you won't move mukta, if you wait till tomorrow, you might wind up using none, or you might wind up moving ones that you won't have used, and that'll be a problem of mukta. And all of this assumes, so even with Breira, we're not going to let you defer your decision, and all of this assumes that for it to be not mukta, it has to really be the one you use, you cannot have that as a potential use, that's not enough. It has to really be the one you wind up using. Okay, so that's the case of designating. Now the next mission moves on to the case of you did designate, and now you're not sure which is the one you designated. So you can see we're having fun. Mm-hmm. So you designated black ones, um, Levanim. And then, um, when you uh, came to get, to get it tomorrow, these are the only chickens in the roost, and you came tomorrow to get the ones you had designated, and instead of black, they, had turned, they, they were white. So it's a pretty good indication they're not the same ones. Levanim umatzashcharim, or they were white, and you had designated white ones, and it turned out to be black ones. Shnayim umatzashlosha, you designated two, and now there were three in that space. So clearly one of them is not the one you designated. Uh, Asurim, in that case, they're all forbidden, because at least one, if not all of them, are, are muktzah, and they're mixed up. That's certainly in the last case. Shloshim umatzashnayim, let's say you designated three, but then you came on Yantiv, and there were only two there. Mutarim. That's permissible because you assume that it's a subset, so you assume one went away, but the two remaining are the ones that you designated. All of this assumes that you don't have a, like, you know, you, you, know, you don't sort of have a, have a clear a way of recognizing them. Okay, let's say you designated <coughs> them inside the coop, and then you found them outside of the coop. So, Asurim, that's forbidden. Now, that's funny. Why wouldn't you assume that it's the same one that went, took a little walk outside? But once it's outside, maybe it's, some, maybe it's a random chicken. Maybe it's not the one you designated. So, that's forbidden. In Ain Elohim, but if those are the only ones around, there are no other chickens in the vicinity, then Haray Elu Mutarim, then even if it's outside of the coop, obviously you can assume it's the same way. So, a lot of this seems relatively obvious, but Kumar will say interesting things about it. So, let's take a look at the Kumara. Shita says the first thing about it. If you set aside white and you found black, or black and you found white, or, you know, uh, duh, it's obviously not the same one. What's the chiddish? So, Amar Rabbah, Hachad Vayaskinan, what are we talking about? Kigon Shazimim Shechorim Vilevanim. V'hishkin Umatza Shechorim B'makam Levanim U'levanim B'makam Shechorim. So he reads the two cases in the Mishnah as one case. Mishnah said, if you set aside black and found white, white, or set aside white and found black, he says it's not or, it's one case. You set aside black ones over in this coop and white ones in this coop. Okay? So, and you said the black ones the next day were white and the white ones the next day were black. So it's both are the same case. So basically, you had set aside black and white and you found black and white but in the reverse places. So it's a reasonable assumption to say maybe they all switched places and it's the same one. Okay? Maudetema, I might have thought these are the same ones, and they've just reversed, you know, they've all, you know, they've switched apartments, so, that you can't assume that, 
that if they were black and now white and white and now black you can't just assume oh they probably just switched places with one another that's not a legitimate assumption once you say that they're no longer in their original location then you cannot assume that they're in the other place once you say these left the honey these now ones that are white what allows you to assume they're from the, 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 the other white ones you designated maybe they're complete random ones Okay, so it's a reasonable point. Once it's not the where where you designated, and you have to assume that there are some other chickens, you're not entitled to assume that the other chickens you had happened to have designated over in the other coop. Okay, um, so that's the chiz. Rebbe Chanina. Now the Gemara says, let's this be a support to Rebbe Chanina. Dama Rebbe Chanina rose the karov halach acher harov. So here's an important question about how do you deal with cases of trying to determine what happened and determine identity of things. And let's say you have two different determinants of it. Something could have come from nearby, but the majority of stuff out there in the world goes in the other way. So for example, in this case, I don't really need the board, but we can use the black and we can use the white here. We can use the visual aid. Okay, use black and white. Okay, so this is the coop that you had designated the black for. This is the coop you designated the white for. You came the next day and there was the opposite one was in the coop. Okay, now, where is it? So from this one you found white ones. Where is it more, li- where is it more likely that those white ones came from? Did they come from this neighboring coop? Or did they come from, you know, who knows, all the random chickens that are in the farms, my farm and other farms and so on. So if we go by, do we go by rove? The majority of the chickens in the world are they the two chickens from this coop or the majority of white chickens or even the majority of white chickens within a one mile radius are they is it is it chickens in this coop or is it ex other chickens I mean ex other chickens there's a hundred other white chickens in a one mile radius okay or a hundred foot radius or whatever but which are the ones that are closest the ones that are closest are these and if these are closest and these aren't Moksa, so right, am I going to assume, where do I assume the chickens came from? Did they come from the closest location? And then the, the non Moksa ones switch locations and they're all okay, because those were the closest locations? Or do I assume that they came from the larger population of numbers and they came from the Moksa population outside of the troops? So that's the question of Rove versus Karov. Which, where, what assumption do you make of where they came from? So the Gemara is saying this should support Rebbe Hanina, because Rebbe Hanina says, Rove Karov, Halachacha Rove. You go by the majority, and here too, we're going by the majority of chickens that are out there, and not by the closest ones, because the closest ones are not Muktsa. So the Gemara says, no. Tadamar Abaye Bedaf. Hachanami Bedaf. As Abaye says, as we'll see later, we're talking about a case that there is a plank. And here, too, there is a plank. What does that mean? It means that outside of the coop, so you know like in bird feeders, again, I'm talking from pretty much ignorance about these things, but you know like in bird feeders, they've got like a, a, a place for the birds to like rest outside of the feeders? So apparently, if outside of the coop, you actually have like a plank for chickens to rest on, so then other chickens will come and from the outside world and just, you know, visit, as it were, and rest on that plank. So it's saying it's not true that the only nearby chickens are the ones in the neighboring coop, the white ones that you designated. There are a lot of white chickens that are in the immediate vicinity as well that come and rest on that plank. So, you know, so maybe they don't, they don't take home in that plank, but nevertheless, it's not like the other white chickens are far away, but the majority. They also come and they spend time near this coop, and therefore they're also caro. So it's not really caro versus rove, the muksa chickens are also karo. Is that clear? Yeah, so the good chickens are, yes, the non-muksa ones are right next door and they live next door, but the, non- but the muksa ones also visit often and therefore they're also karo. Okay. So now the Gemara says like this. If you have two and you found three, they're forbidden. And it just explains, Manashach, look, either way, Make a, you know, whatever the scenario is, if all three are new chickens, then they're all new and they're muktza. If they're not all new, only one of them is new, at least one of them is a muktza chicken, is not the one you designated. So therefore, it's obviously they're all going to be a problem. It gets back to our whole problem before about a mixture of muktza, and you know, anyway, they're all forbidden. Mutan. If it's three and you found two, it's permissible because here we assume it's not a brand new two, that one left and two remain. 
my timer, what's the reason? Hani inu ninu, we're going to assume that the remaining two are from the original group. The chadinayu of the lama, and only one of them left, rather than assuming that all three left and two new ones came. So the says, you know, that's an interesting debate about what happens when you have a subset. Do you assume that you lost one or that it's a completely new set? So Lema Masnisi and Rebbe Hebelor Maybe this is Rebbe and not the rabbis who debate a very similar scenario. Not about chickens, but about money. Let's take a look. The Tanya, we turn to Brisa. Let's say you set aside a hundred dollars of, um, of, um, of uh, what do you call it? Of, uh, who, uh, of Meister Shady money, thank you. Um, and in a box, and you came back and you found $200 in the box. Okay? So, what's the, there's an extra $100. So you have to assume that that extra $100 might not be Meister Shady money. And therefore, it might be Hulin money. So then, you, you know, you don't know which is the Meister Shady money, which is the Hulin. So what do you do in that case? So, Hulin and Meister Shady will rub him Deep in ready. So Rebbe says, yeah, the first hundred you assume is still there. This is a new hundred. So you have to assume it's a mixture of Meister Shaney money and Hulin money and you'll have to deal with it appropriately. Okay, and there's ways you can like redeem it and transfer the Kedusha that only 100 has the Kedusha and, and so on. But there's a mixture of 100 Meister Shaney money and 100 Hulin money. But Chachamim Rami and the sages say, Hakol Hulin. That's pretty shocker. Even though you found an extra hundred, he says, look, since it's obviously something is there that's not the original, the, first, the second hundred, we're just going to assume that somebody came and took the whole original amount and put in a new 200. So you can actually, and if you have a random money, you'll assume it's Hulin. You won't assume that it's my Shaney. It's the opposite case. Well, we're going to get to the same case. We're starting with the opposite case. So that's the case when you've got extra and want to assume the whole thing swapped according to Chachamim. Now, if you said that by the chickens, it would just make more of a problem. If you started with two and found three, if we're going to assume all three are new, then they're all muktza. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, but the chickens, either way, either if one is new or all are new, they're all muktza. So that's the debate there. When it's a superset, when it's more than you started with, are you going to assume you could maintain the base or it all got swapped out? But now we're going to get to the case of that we're dealing with, which is the subset case. Yes. So this case of the money, um, it's the leniency if you say this school. Right. But with the birds... It's a stringency. It's, it's all new. Correct. Okay, but that case is the birds, it wouldn't matter which way either way is forbidden. But now we get to our case. Now, let's say you left 200 and you found 100. So, 200 of mice are shaming. So, it's going to be the same debate. Rebbe says 100 was left and 100 was taken away you assume that at, le- that at least 100 left is from the original group right. uh, and therefore it's Meister Shani right. Rebbe's are very lenient at least in this case they say it's all Hulin they say if it's different then you'll have to assume that it was all removed and this is totally different and it's a new 100 okay now again by the birds the rabbis would be strict because by the birds, if you went from three to two, they'll say once you see a change, you have to assume that it's completely new. So then, according <coughs> to them, it would all be muktza. Here they're lenient. By the birds, they would be strict. Okay. So the Gemara says it seems like our mission, which is lenient in the case of three and two, is Rebbe and not the rabbis. It says no. Afilu Even the rabbis would agree. In our case, it would be uh, permissible by the birds. Why is that? In Maralot, we're saying this, Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Eliezer, Dami Tarvai, Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Eliezer both say, Shani goes alot, ho'avasin lizadot. Goes alot, I've been saying chickens, but goes alot are like pigeons. Anyway, birds are different because they like, uh, they walk. They, uh, they, you know, they, they hop around. They move on their own. Which means what? It means, when it started with 200 and now there's 100, what happened to the other hundred? Did it get up and walk on its own? Right? It's like the parents say, uh, you know, this cookie didn't get up and walk out of the jar on its own. So, you know, so the hundred didn't walk out on its own. Somebody came and took it. So if somebody came and took the first hundred, if somebody's coming and taking a hundred, they're going to take the whole two hundred. I don't know, maybe they only need a hundred, but okay. But you have an external conscious agent that is taking the hundred. They'll say they took it all and that this is a new hundred. But in the case of the birds, you know, the birds can get up and walk on its own, not somebody external. So one bird walked away and the other two remained. Okay, if it needed a person to come, if the birds were all bound up, you know, in a cage, and initially there were three in the cage, and you came back and you found two in the cage, the rabbis might say, it's a new two. A person had to come, and if a person gets involved, I'll say he took it all, and these are new ones. Okay, but if it's the birds doing it themselves, there they'll agree that one left and two remain. Okay, but now the Gemara says like this. 
Why do I need to give that reason that pigeons are different because they can walk on their own and therefore one can walk away and the other two remain? It was said about the debate of Rabbi Yochan, about this issue of Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Eliezer who both gave the scenario that birds can walk on their own but the same Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Eliezer debate what is the case of this issue with the money and the Meiser Shani money. That the debate of do we assume that this is all new money or not is when there are two separate pouches. Each pouch has a hundred dollars. That's where you can assume the hundred that the hundred that remains is the original hundred. Although Bikis Echad, if all two hundred were in one pouch, everybody would agree that that if it was a two hundred in one pouch and you came back and found a hundred in a pouch, everybody would agree you assume this is a new pouch because the original two hundred was all bundled together. So the whole debate is two separate pouches. The other one says, no. The debate is when it's in one pouch. That's where there's a position that says it's new. When it's two pouches, in the case of two pouches, everybody would say that you're left, that the, one of the, uh, the, the hundred that's left is from the original. Okay, so this is the question of, right, the Chachamim say this, you got to admit the Chachamim is a stranger opinion that says that it was all, once there's a difference, you assume it's all taken and it's all new. So the question is, are they saying that in the case of one pouch, that makes more sense? And maybe in the case of two pouches, they would agree that you're left with half of the original. That's one version. Or no, maybe the Chachamim say it even in two pouches, and if it's in one pouch, then even Rebbe would agree that this is all new. So that's a debate of how to frame the Machlokas. Now the Gemara is going to, let's see how this translates to what the implications of this for the case of the birds. So here's what the Gemara says. If you say the debate of Rebbe and the rabbis, is it all new or does some remain, is the case of two pouches, so that where, you know, one could be taken independent of the other. So therefore, Rebbe would say in a case, uh, the Chachamim would say, even in the case of two pouches, we're going to assume it's all new. That's why it's comparable to the case of the chickens, right? Which, 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 what are the chicken case like? Is it like two pouches or one pouch? Right? You have chickens in your coop. People, answer the question. What? No, wait, no. Chickens in your coop, right? Is it like everything is bundled together or each, no. thing, each thing is independent? No. Like two pouches, right? One walks away, the other stays. Right, there's no, there's no bundling together. So when we said, look, the Chachamim say that it's all new, wouldn't they, why, why by the chickens do we say some of the original ones remain? So that's a reasonable question if the, if the Chachamim's position is by separate pouches. Then it's similar to the birds, which are all independent. So why by the separate pouches do they say it's all new and here they could say it remains? Oh, well, birds walk by themselves. That makes sense, okay? That we're comparing the cases of separate pouches. If that's the debate of the rabbis, if that's what the rabbis say, it's all new, even in the case of separate pouches, we want to know why don't they say the same thing by the chickens. And we have to say because chickens walk by themselves. El But if the rabbis say that, that, no, we only say it's all new when it's all one bundle. So if we only say it's new and it's all one bundle, that's the only time, then there's an obvious reason the chickens are different, because the chickens are separate, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so if you say, uh, 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 but if you say that, even the rabbis will say that if there's different pouches, then we agree that there's some of the original that remains, it's not all new. So hashta Why do I need to make a distinction? Oh, birds walk by themselves. There's a more basic distinction. The rabbis themselves agree when they're separate pouches. You would say that the rabbis themselves would not argue by separate pouches. Okay. So we're trying to figure out why is the pouch case of the pou- of the money different than the birds, and we say good birds walk by themselves. But now the Gemara is saying is, you only needed that answer if you said that the case of the money, even when they're separate pouches, the rabbi says it's all new. Then you well, why don't we say the same thing? But if, by the, by, the, by the case of the money, even with, they only say it's new by one pouch, why do you need to say the birds are different because they walk? The birds are different because they're independent. And that's why it's not all new. So the Gemara says, Amaravashi, Hachab the Gozalot Mekusharim, the Kisi Mekusharim Askinan. Because, you know what? When we say one pouch, that that's when they say it's all new, we don't literally mean one pouch. 
because it would be then bizarre the Gemara said to somebody that would say that it's uh, that half is left if it's all one pouch we should assume somebody took the whole pouch so the case when we say there's a baiting when it's all one pouch is really two separate pouches that are that are like tied rubber together. band together tied together <laughs> and there the Chachamim say I'm going to assume you took the whole bundle and put in a new hundred and the Rebbe is going to say you only took one of the two and left the other one so, but we're not talking about literally two pa- one pouch. We're talking about two pouches bundled together. So if that's the case, the rabbis will say it's all new. So now we'll say, okay, but let's say you had a similar case by the birds. Let's say the case of the birds were tied together. Their legs were tied together. So what would the rabbis say? They say by two bundles tied together, it's all new. When, when, you have one, when you have one remaining, by the birds tied together, why don't they also say it's one new? Right? If you have one remaining. Somebody took the two, they were bundled, or the two walked off together, they were bundled, and this is a new one. And that's where they say, no, there's a difference. Because a bundle of two little bundles of money pouches stay together better than two birds that are tied together. Okay? So, goes alone, mintahi ahadadi. Birds separate from one another, they walk around, and therefore they, you know, the, uh, the, the, the knots that's tying them together separate. Kisim, lo mintahi ahadadi. And the the, the uh, money pouches don't separate from one another, so it still could be a difference. Why is the birds? Why are we lenient by the birds if there are some that are strict by the money, or there are some that say by the money it's all new? So there's two reasons. Number one is, is that we're really not treating the birds different. That really it's just a case of separate units, and everybody is lenient by separate units. Or we are treating the birds different. But the difference is, is when they're bundled together. Money that's bundled together stays together. Birds that are bundled together do not stay together. So even if you say it's all new by money, because it's bundled together, it would not be true by the birds. There we would assume they separated. So Rebbe Amalekha, now Rebbe, who said that even by the money when it's bundled together, it's half that remains, he would say back to you, Kishinami, even by bundle, even by bundles of money pouches, sometimes but not wears away rots away so even money pouches sometimes the two separate and therefore I'm going to say that the hundred left is the original hundred okay so bottom line is fascinating question you started with two hundred or two birds you found one do you assume it's from the original or not and the Gemara basically says and sometimes that's a debate of Rebbe and Chachamim but the basic reasons of the Chachamim that might say it's different is because A when a, a human agency is involved and comes and gets involved that sort of makes a question about exactly what happened and also B how much is it did it start off as separate units or as one unit or somewhere in between two separate units bundled together in order to lead to our assumption of whether this is half of what, what began or something completely new and the case of the birds might be different because they don't involve human agency and that changes it and there, therefore what happened could have happened sort of by itself and also in the case of bundling they could have naturally broken the, 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 bond, the bond that bundled them which is less likely in the case of money ok so now we move on you designated a chicken or whatever a pigeon in the there's more likely pigeons I think we're talking about chickens but I'm thinking in my terms <laughs> uh, this is pigeon okay. yeah I know if you ever go to Israel and you look whatever at some of the uh, archaeological sites or whatever particularly like from the Hashmonayim period you know pigeon coops were like a major form of like uh, you know major industry apparently was with pigeons because it required very little maintenance and you know it was an easy way to provide meat and I uh, there was other things as well that they so anyway it was a very major industry okay so the Lord says so this idea that it's outside of the pigeon coop and it's forbidden because it might not be the original one so maybe this supports Rabbi Hanina this is what we said before if it's just to choose between majority and what's close you go by the majority so obviously the closest place this could have come from was inside of the coop and therefore it would be the one you designated but there's still a majority of other pigeons out there and we're, and we're going to have to assume this came from one of those other pigeons so that shows you go by the majority not by the karov so Amar Abaye Bidaf again we're talking about that there's a plank in front of the pigeon coop and therefore there are a lot of external chickens that are also or p- pigeons that are also karov they come and they rest on, the da- on this plank and therefore they're also karov Rava Amar B'Shnei Kinim Zolamala Mizoaskina we're talking about two coops one above another. Um, now, here's the case. You had a one coop. Uh, did they explain this as a coop or as a section within the coop? 
So what's the word? It's translated as nest. Nest, right. I've been saying coop, but it really is nest. So basically, you've got, you know, I mean, I, again, I'm not sure exactly, but I, at least in some of these cases of coats, that's what they're called, pigeon coats, right? They have tiny little, you know, sort of like little niches inside yeah, there's, of there's them. Yeah, a nice photo of them. That's the external That's external, right. That shows you the top yeah. on the outside. But on the inside, they've also got like little holes for like each separate, you know, each separate pigeon. So basically, here's what he said. You went ahead and you designated, a, you know, you, this is the Eliona. I don't know what the heck, wait. Anyway, this is the Eliona and this is the Pactona. So you went ahead and you got they designated in one and not the other. And then you found it in, you designated one up here, then you found something down here or vice versa. Let's take a look. So you have two nests. Zolamala Mizu, one above another, Askina. Now let's say you designated a, the, a pigeon in the, lower, in the lower nest and not in the upper one. And you went ahead and you found in the lower one and you did not find in the upper one um, the asirid that is forbidden. So hold on, let me just check Rashi one second. One minute. Um, one minute. Let me just check one thing. Okay, so here's the case. You went ahead and you had two, you had these two nests, okay? And you found, he's discussing the case in the mission where you didn't find in the nest, you found in front of the nest. And you have these two nests, right? Now the question is, remember, the question in the Gemara is, are we going by rove or are we going by karov and so on? So what Rav is doing, everybody pay attention, look, I, I need to explain this. The question is like this, right? That you went ahead, the, the simple case is, you designated one in a nest and you found it outside and we have to assume it's a different one. And the question is, why do we assume it's a different one? Why don't we go by the concern of Karov? Why don't we, I mean, why don't we assume Karov, the most likely place this came from was inside of the nest, mm-hmm. right? That was the question. Why don't we go by Karov? Why do we assume it's a random different one? And the answer, one answer was, well, because there's a lot of others that are Karov. There's a plank outside and therefore a lot of other, other, other pigeons are also Karov. That was one scenario. Rav was going to say no. Here's the scenario. That's not the only thing that's caro. This thing that's outside on this plank and outside of the nest, it's what was the near, most nearby thing? You'll say the most nearby thing was inside the nest. But there was another nearby thing, which was the nest directly below it. Right? And it could have just as easily have come from the nest below it and come up here as it could have come from inside out. So he's answering the question, why can't we be lenient and say it's caro, it came from nearby, which means it came from the inside the nest and it's the one you designated. And he's going to say, because we have to be concerned that it came from the nest directly above or directly which below. Which is just as caro. Which is just as caro. Or at least within the same caro category. Enough that it won't make a difference. And that's why we can't just assume it came from the inside. So let's read that. So he says like this. Um, he says like this. Rav Amar b'shnei kinim zolam alamizawaskina. There are two uh, nests. Velomi baya zimin betachtona velozimin belyona. The one you designated was the bottom, and not the top one. And umatsa betachtona. You found in the bottom one, not in the nest, but outside of the nest. And velomatsa belyona. But you didn't find a pigeon in the top one either. So there's two possibilities where this came from, both of which are karov. It could have come from within the nest. Or could have come from above, because the pigeon above is also missing. I and the one above is mukta. I don't understand. It says it means it means in front of the tachtona, because that's the scenario of the Mishnah. Okay? You have to go with that. Okay, Dasrinan, that's forbidden. Dasrinan, Hanach Azula Alma, both birds flew the coop. Okay? And the one from the, or whatever, the bottom bird flew the coop, and the top one sort of came down and rested in front of the bottom one. So the question is, isn't it karov to assume it came from inside? And the answer is no. Maybe it came from a top nest and it came down. That clearly would be a case where we would have to assume it might be mukta. But even in the reverse case, you designated the one in the top nest and not the bottom. 
and the same, but now the reverse scenario. And you went ahead and you found the pigeon outside, it has to assume, outside of the top one, but not, and no pigeon in the bottom one. So again, where did this pigeon outside the top one come from? Did it come from inside the top? And therefore, it would be the one you designated an okay? Or did it come from the one below? They're both roughly caro. But he says, even there, we have to assume it's reasonable that it came from below. Hanach nami asiri, that's also forbidden. That means, hanach azlu alma, the one you originally designated flew the coop. The hanach, and the one in front of the top coop, Shruchi Sarich Vesalik sort of climbed up and went to the top coop. So even though it's more natural for a pigeon to drop down than to go up, the basic point is, the question is, why can't we be lenient and assume Karov? Why do we assume Rov? So either, yeah, in general we go by Rov other than Karov. Or there are scenarios where there are other pigeons that are also Karov, that this might be. Either that there's a plank in front, so you get visiting pigeons that are also karov, that it might be, and not from the one inside, or you have the nest above or the nest below, <laughs> which is karov, and it might be coming from there. Yes. No, so. no, I was just going to say, what's the afilu? So the afilu has to be the assumption is that it's more, more likely for it to go down than to go up. Yeah, let's just read to the Mishnah. Now, in all these cases, if, if, there's, if these are the only ones around, it's permissible. Presumably not in the case of the black and the white, <laughs> or in the two and the three, because clearly there's, those are new ones. But in the case of, you know, inside the nest and outside the nest, and if there's no other pigeons around, then you can assume it's the same one. So the Gemara says, Hey, what's the case? If it's birds that actually can fly at that stage, so who cares that there aren't any in the nearby vicinity? I mean, these birds fly. So it could still be a bird that flew from somewhere else. Ella bimidodin. They're at the stage where they like, you know, sort of uh, waddle around, but they're not yet at the flying stage. And therefore, if there are no other ones, so meaning if you designated a pigeon that was not yet, it couldn't fly, and you found and came and found another uh, a pigeon outside of the nest that also couldn't fly. This one outside of the nest didn't fly here. It's not at the stage that it could fly. So if there are no pigeons in the nearby vicinity, right? So obviously you have you can assume it's the same one. So now the Gemara says like this: still says the Gemara. If there's some other nest within 50 amot, about you know 75 feet, it could still waddle over from a neighboring uh, nest. The Gemara assumes that pigeons will travel 50 amot. And if there is no nest within 50 amma, it's obvious that we don't assume they came outside. Why? It's interesting why it assumes a mission is obvious based on the teaching of an Amora. But Mar'ukva Barchama says, When pigeons sort of walk around, they don't walk more than 50 amot. So, A, we have to assume the case is a not yet a flying pigeon. It's a walking pigeon only. If that's true, and then we're all talking about none is nearby, means none is within 50 amount, it's not a big chiddish. So Gemara says, Fine. We can say that it, there is another nest within 50 amot. So why don't we have to assume maybe it came from the other nest? We could go into Kaini Karen Zavid. It's around the corner from your nest. Maybe it still wandered over from, the, from, its, from its home nest. If it can walk and still look back and see its, its original nest, it'll walk as long as its home is still in sight. Okay? Below, low madida. But once it has to really leave home and keep, you know, its home is not in sight, it won't walk away from the home it so far. It won't fly the coop. It won't fly the coop. <laughs> so, therefore, that's what it's telling you, and therefore, you don't have to assume that it came from elsewhere.